Kick it, bitches. DJ PK brought to you apart by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now, and you can save thousands on a new roof. Call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. Time to welcome in Tim Lacombe, jazz radio studio analyst, former assistant at BYU. is on Rick Majerus' staff up at the U as well. Look at you, Tim, a man of the people, something for everybody. A Ute, a Cougar, and now a jazz employee. You're doing it all, Tim. Well, you've got you've got to. Um, you know, one of my one of my young mentors in life was a, a, a up and coming writer by the name Patrick Kinahan. I don't know if you've ever read any of his stuff, but one of his favorite quotes is "You got to." It's got to. That's your cue, PK. Oh, me? Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, I must. I got to. I did, and I will, and I will continue to <laughs> got to. Uh, no I love about it. it on a tee for him. <laughs> oh, it's good. You know, we just heard Mike Conley talk about uh, he still feels that the Jazz are confident. And I try not to get caught up and go too crazy over any win or loss, uh, particularly in the regular season. Playoff can be a different story, obviously. Uh, so as I look back and – Try to step back a little bit. I believe what Mike is saying because he's a tried-and-true veteran, so I don't think he needs to go and have any outrageous statements for the sake of making them and trying to convince people, no, they really are confident and so forth. So the point being, I believe what he's saying is true, and I believe they have maintained a level of confidence even though they have a two-game losing streak to Minnesota. How about you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there there is no reason, you know, to – to panic, I think, um, you know, you take any contender and you take an all-star off of, you know, that contender for a spell, there's bound to be a couple bumps and rocky, rocky times. And, um, you know, really, I think what the Jazz ran into with, with Minnesota was a, a team that, um, you know, was finally kind of all together, literally has zero to lose. And, um, I guess at the end of the day, are really one of those proverbial bad matchups, and um, so I think those cu- those things kind of coupled together. Most importantly, just the, fa- the fact that the Jazz, for the first time really all year, are, are really starting to kind of enter that injury area. I think one of the reasons they've their number one team in the league right now overall is they they've had a ton of continuity, and while they've had guys miss, they've always had plenty of guys. Uh, and, key, and key guys available. Um, and so they're kind of entering that stretch now where, you know, tonight it's going to be without Donovan and Mike. And, um, you know, you just you got to temper your expectations a little bit with those guys not on the floor. I thought in the third quarter specifically of the Monday night game in Minnesota that I saw the Jazz confidence at a season low. I thought there were multiple guys passing up multiple shots, and I thought for a stretch there, while Joe was on the bench, that Clarkson was the only guy who really wanted to shoot the ball. Now, everybody's going to have a low point at some point. Um, Did you see any of that? 
And what does it take to bounce back from that? And maybe they did in the fourth quarter because Niang hit a few shots and they played differently. Um, so I think there's a couple things there to unpack. I think number one, <clears throat> when, a, when a player like, like Donovan's out, you know, for the most part, uh, everybody's role changes. Everybody kind of mm-hmm. is bumped up a, a, a bit. And, you know, they're, they're in a little bit of uncharted territory, particularly when you speak of late in a game when, you know, usually it's, it's pretty clear how they're going to win games. Uh, they're going to really battle. And then uh, toward the end, you know, Donovan's been kind of the closer, the guy in the fourth quarter who can kind of put it away. Um, and so I think there's a couple things. I think number one, they really miss, you know, his ability to get his own shot, and most importantly, kind of stop runs getting to the line. Uh, Donovan's done a much better job, and I will say the NBA officials have done done a much better job of rewarding Donovan for for being aggressive and getting to the you know getting to the rim and getting to the line, and that stops runs. And so yeah, when when you're in the guts of the game and you're typically used to other people doing it. And, you know, I would imagine there's a little bit of hesitation with some of those guys who are like, wait a second, is this what I should really be doing right now? And um, the bottom line and the answer to that is yes, because the way the Jazz play is, is very system-driven and uh, is really keyed on ball movement. When the ball moves and you've got an opportunity to shoot it, you better shoot it because uh, you don't shoot it, you pass it up. You end up turning it over uh, or getting – you know, a shot maybe not as a desirable. So, uh, and I think there's a couple things to that. Um, again, I think this all stems from, you know, missing important pieces and everybody trying to uh, figure that out on the fly. So right now, I do not know if they're going to get the number one seed. I have my doubts. Uh, a week or so ago, I didn't. Maybe in a week or so from now, that'll change. But if they don't get the number one seed, is that a big deal? Um, you know, I think we've made it a big deal because it's, you know, it's what you, <clears throat> it is really the, I guess from the regular season, it's the great prize. Um, you know, there's one for each league, there's one for overall. And I think for, you know, a couple of months here, we've really kind of had our eye on that. But again, in fairness, one of the reasons the Jazz were there um, in that spot was because they were healthy majority of the season. Uh, you watch Anthony Davis miss 30 games. I mean, LeBron's obviously uh, still on the shelf. And um, so, you know, Ben Simmons has been out a little bit for for the 76ers off and on. Um, obviously, Kawhi, Paul George. So you look around the league, and this is what everybody else has been dealing with now that Jazz are dealing with it. So I think you kind of have to temper your expectations. But right now, they're still in the driver's seat. Um, they still have the ability you know, if they if they can get things kind of righted quickly, there's an opportunity there. But I like you. I'm I'm starting to kind of look at it and look at the challenges they have and um, start to look at okay, what would other matchups look like so that uh, we're prepared in case that happens. So of these teams that are battling for six, seven, eight, nine, ten, the one that scares you the most and the one the Jazz should embrace the most, assuming they don't hold on to, well, assuming that they're somewhere there in the top three, I mean, all of this is flexible, six through ten, so what do you think? Oh, I think, um, you know, the the team that kind of stands out at you from a, you know, a recognition standpoint is the Warriors, and obviously 
Curry, but I mean, I watched them last night just get absolutely demolished uh, by Dallas. It wasn't even a game ever. And, um, and and you start to watch them and understand that there's a way you can guard that team um, to really kind of make them do things they don't want to do. So they don't necessarily scare me like you think the Warriors would. I think that, you know, uh, excuse me, Lillard, obviously, uh, where they're at. They're seventh right now. Um, and obviously that's a, that's a really tough matchup. Those two guards are incredible. Um, a team that nobody's really talking about, the Jazz are going to see them twice coming up here. Uh, and they're playing pretty good basketball. Is the Spurs? You know, the Spurs are kind of fighting. They're in that nine position right now, but you know they're well coached. You know they're going to play really hard. Um, but I think if I had to choose, you know, seven to ten, six to ten, somewhere in there, I mean, I'm probably looking. You don't really want to see, in my mind, you really don't want to see. If you can choose, you don't want to see the Blazers, and you don't want them to fall into that. That would be a that would be tough. I think for the first time the other night, we saw Gobert and Ilyasova, and I sort of liked that Ilyasova got some foul trouble, but I liked what I saw. You think they go to that a little bit more? Well, I made that comment when, when he kind of had his first breakout game, uh, you know, when he got an opportunity to play. And, I, I, you know, I just said, I told Jake, just kind of bookmark that for, for later on for playoffs. I think what, it, what they ended up doing the other night was they played um, – you know, Mieoni's minutes went to Ilyasova, so they played Ilyasova and, and Yang together. Kind of a, a a fairly big lineup with Niang Gobert and um, and Ilyasova. I think that it's uh, I think something to look at. I think it's a guy who can really shoot it. I think he's somebody who has now shown, particularly um, being pretty valuable as a stretch guy. And, you know, he's made enough plays on the glass and around the rim. I don't think he's, he's absolutely not going to be Gobert, obviously, or, uh, or anything near that. But he's, he's got some ability to, to, you know, he had an awesome block in the Laker game against Kuzma. Um, and so I just think, again, you're, you're constantly looking for uh, little advantages or, you know, particularly when you hone in on a team, you know, what rotation could we possibly put Ilyasova in that would really cause them some issues spacing wise defensively, you know, where we could maybe get some, uh, some advantage. And I think that that's the chess match that becomes the playoffs. And it really is all driven by the team you play in the matchups. Tim Lacombe joining us here on 97.5 at 1280, the zone. Uh, you hear him on the jazz pre half and post, uh, I'm curious with Jordan Clarkson. PK and I have both been looking at his month-by-month numbers, and they have been trending south. Now, they have bounced back a little bit here in the last month, uh, but they're not what they were early in the year. And it seems like there's a couple explanations. One, how he's used within the Jazz system is getting scouted and teams are catching up to it a little bit. Or two, he's physically getting worn down. He's a slight guy playing big minutes. He's on the ball a lot. He's clearly spending a lot of energy out there and is just catching up to him a little bit. If that's the problem, will the week off before the playoffs solve it? Or does he need more time off? Or it just is what it is? Or I'm off base into something else. What do you think? No, I think it's actually, I think that's a pretty good assumption on both things. I think it's a combination of two things. I think 
obviously fatigue and um, you know just wear and tear is kind of starting to catch up. And you know, like like you said, there he he's a guy who in his time his usage is is pretty high, um, and it requires a lot of effort. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of dribbles involved uh, with Clarkson's game, and um, you know particularly when he drives it and uh, is kind of able to get to that little jump hook that he has down in the lane. Um, but th- there is a lot of wear and tear there. And and then I also believe that teams really do understand, you know, what he's going to do nightly. Um, and the book on him is anytime, anywhere. And you, you always have to contest and be really physical with him. Um, I think the third thing I would add is, is I think as he's spiraled a little bit, as the numbers have dropped, I've sensed that some frustration and I sense that he's, he's pressing a little bit. Um, I don't sense that that's something that he, he struggles with for long periods of time, but I think he's in a little bit of a, a mental kind of press right now. Um, and my experience has always been, you just need a game where you can break out of that, where you see, you know, almost effortless time, you know, with ball going in the basket and that's what we've seen from Clarkson. That's what we love about Clarkson is his ability to get quick buckets. And so, uh, like everybody, there's times in season where you've really got it going, and there's times where you got to search for it. Uh, I feel like he's been searching for it for a bit, um, for extended period of time here, uh, which is only encouraging to me because I've seen when it clicks. Um, and I would sure like the timing to come when playoffs hit and Jordan Clarkson starts to click again because that's a really good combo for the Jazz. Are the Lakers going to have enough time to get together? I mean, they've obviously got a lot of talent and they're defending champs, but how many games do they need to really click in? Or are they going to be vulnerable in the first round right out of the gate just because they're not all on the same page yet? Well, I, I mean, that's it's crazy because I remember, honestly, a year ago right now, uh, well, I guess it wasn't right now, but I guess in terms of the year, right? Right before the playoffs started in the bubble, I really did kind of make a, a fairly sweeping judgment and said, I don't think the Lakers have what it takes to win it. I mean, they're completely out of sorts, guys resting, guys hurt. Um, and, and to me, like, you have to be able to get in a rhythm. That's just that's just what you've heard from the time you were, you know, first around the game. There, there's a There's a period of time where you really do need to um, kind of get together, get on the same page, and hit the ground running. Uh, does that apply with AD and LeBron? Uh, well, we saw AD come out, you know, come back from injury, and he has not been stellar. Um, he's still AD, he's still a great player, freakishly long, has great ability, but everybody being on the same page. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I don't want to jinx it, but they, do, they don't look great to me right now, but I'm telling you the difference when LeBron is a on on the floor and then engaged like he is in the playoffs, I mean you're talking about a totally different thing. So I'm going to reserve judgment uh, at least till the playoffs start and kind of see what they've got. Um, I really like Schroeder. I think he's a nice addition. I think he actually is kind of an upgrade from what Rondo was able to bring him last year. Um, I like uh, you know I like some of the pieces they have, but to your point so much of of their ability is going to depend on their their you know their rhythm and how they kind of jive together once they get out of this uh I guess this period where they've all kind of been hit and miss 
We appreciate the time as always, Tim. You got a few hours to clear your mind and then right back at it. Seven o'clock. Yeah, I love these late games. In fact, I, I think that's why Hatch started with uh, the Party Hounds rendition of Living After Midnight. <laughs> because I've been doing a lot of Living After Midnight um, with these eight o'clock games. So thank you, the NBA, for that. It's been, it's been really fun. Tim, we will talk to you again uh, in a week or so. Thanks a lot. Sounds good. See you, boys. Tim Lacombe, Utah Jazz radio studio analyst. Wait till he gets to the uh, playoffs when it's uh, at nine. <laughs> You're right. Spot on advice, PK. <laughs> it's an eight thirty game. There's no chance that's tipping at eight thirty. They're going to hold that for ten, if not fifteen minutes. Right. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, uh, coming up, we got more on the Jazz. And also, PK, we got college football news that I think will uh, interest uh, local fans. Uh, it's, uh, there's still a bunch of maybes out there, but man, there's, uh, it sounds like change is coming. We will get to that next. Stay with us.